8.46. Now, today, in place of our regular weekly segment spotlight, we'll be shedding light instead on the internet buzzword sharenting. It refers to parents who don't hold back when it comes to sharing their children's daily lives on social media, from birth to birthday parties, bathing to potty training. I, I think I'm guilty of all of those except perhaps potty training. Uh, but uh, while that can be a little TMI for others, there are serious implications including cyberbullying, internet fraud, and so on. Do we need to think twice before our next upload? Myself included. Professor Stacey Steinberg from the University of Florida 11 College of Law joins us on the line. And good morning to you from Seoul. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for taking the time. Your paper, it's the first to offer an in-depth legal analysis of the conflict of interest between a parent's basic right to share information online but also their child's interest in terms of privacy. Can you tell us what prompted you to write this paper? Sure. Um, Well, I'm a parent myself, and as someone who is uh, raising kids at the same time as I'm first learning about social media, my kids are kind of coming of age on my own social media feed, um, I started to question whether the information that I was putting out there about them was in any way violating their interest in privacy or whether or not it could harm them in any way. Um, and so the issue kind of found itself um, in my own self-reflection as both a children's rights scholar and as a parent, um, and thirdly, as a photographer, because I, um, I was taking a lot of pictures um, with a nice camera of my own kids and of other kids, and I just wondered how what the implications were of the sharing I was doing myself. Yeah, I, I feel like for a lot of parents, including myself, we would hear something like this and would think, oh, gosh, it must be terrible uh, for, for kids and parents who have this kind of relationship where they can no longer talk uh, about social media in a, in a pragmatic way. Because there was a case in Austria in 2016, an 18-year-old woman, she sued her parents over their posting of 500 images of her without her consent. You know, like I said, I, I can't even imagine one of my kids doing that, but it would be terrible, and it does happen. Uh, what should be prioritized then between this this issue of privacy and freedom of expression? Sure. Well, every country is going to handle these kinds of issues differently, and my legal analysis was really uh, exclusive to the legal analysis in the United States, where we have very strong First Amendment protections, where parents have strong rights to free speech. Um, But we also recognize that children have an interest or a right to privacy. Um, The United Nations Convention on the Rights of of the Child, the UNNCRC, actually states that children have a right to privacy. And so um, I think that... I don't think that parent that parents should be overly concerned of lawsuits, you know, in the United States. I can't speak for all countries, um, but I think that as a whole, parents need to recognize that their kids might one day come to resent the information that they have ch- shared about their child uh, during the course of their children's life. And so, parents can think about their children's well-being both now and years into the future when they share. They can consider not posting things that are embarrassing about their kids or things that could cause harm to their kids. I think most parents wouldn't do that, um, but uh, I think that parents can benefit by being well-educated as to what kids think about their parents sharing online. You know, instinctively, I just want to throw in here that I, I feel like up until a certain age, there's this tendency among both kids and parents to feel like we sort of belong to each other. 
almost right. like f- not quite physically attached, but very much um, psychologically and emotionally attached. And therefore, kind of, there is this natural blurring, isn't there? J- j- you know, just emotionally, not just legally, Absolutely. between that line. Sure. I mean, I think parents, you know, the, the thing that they're most proud of is often their children. It's, it's such a, it's an, their children in many ways are an extension of themselves, especially when their kids are young. And I think just as in uh, pre- previous generations where parents would share pictures with friends and family and would write about their kids, it, the internet just adds a new dimension to that. So I think it's very natural that parents want to talk about their kids and want to share about their kids. And they are a part of themselves in many ways when they're young. Um, it's just hard sometimes, but yet so important that parents also recognize that their children are, you know, their own unique beings who will have their own ish- desires, their own wishes. Um, and, and really, in a lot of ways, kids will one day come to want to create their own digital footprint. And I think that's where the conflict lies. So when I did my research and, you know, when I finished my research and reflected back upon it, my conclusion wasn't so much that parents need to stop sharing. Instead, it's that parents just need to think a little bit deeper about this, pro- this, this new way, this new culture shift that's taken place with the way that we talk about our families online. Right. Um, and, and again, I, we're here mainly to talk about legal issues, but I think another psychological thing that I'm aware of is that you kind of want to post things for posterity. Um, you want kids sure. to see themselves in the future. It's like a public photo album, really, but it's not public public, is it? I mean, it's, it's among your hundreds of friends, although that's still right. open to I mean, exploitation. Sure. Um, so some people do share completely publicly and other people choose to limit the audience. I think parents need to be aware, though, that when they do share, even with a limited audience, that um, they really can't be sure exactly what's going to be happening with that information once it, you know, leaves their computer. Right. Um, It can be saved in many different ways. So coming back onto, you know, more of what you were studying here, something that occurs to me quite often, like we talked, or I referred to briefly, the bath time photos. If ever I do take a bath time photo, I'm being very cautious to make sure that it's like a head just bobbing up above the bubbles, for example. And and it's kind of sad, but yeah, in the back of my mind is, is this going to end up in the wrong hands into some sort of paedophile ring? Um, and, and it's horrible to say that, but that's just one of several concerns that can happen to our photos. Right. Um, so when I did my research, um, one of the things that really stunned me was a study um, out of Australia where um, the, uh, the uh, Safety Commission, the Australia eSafety Commission, found that over 50% of the images that were in pedophile image sharing sites originated on family blogs or on social media. And these weren't pictures that uh, the average person would consider, you know, revealing or, or anything like that. But these were images that, for whatever reason, pedophiles found to be images that they wanted, and they were stealing these images. And so um, it really kind of was eye-opening to the fact that even images that seem innocent to you or I uh, might, be, um, might be targeted. Also, uh, there's been issues where um, you know, pictures have been stolen. Um, uh, people have used children's pictures to kind of create fake identities with, with that, that information. So while I don't want to be alarmist, um, I think that the issue is more of uh, the well-being of children. I think that there are some real safety concerns that parents need to be aware of. You know, what are your solutions here? You said before you're not saying don't post, but but you're saying be more careful. Can we go 
a little bit further. I, I personally feel it goes too far when people entirely cover up faces of of children, unless there are very good reasons for doing so. Of course, there are occasionally, but um, generally speaking, it really kind of defeats the purpose of posting the photo at all when the when the face is entirely covered up. Yeah, you know, I think that it's a really individual decision for parents. You know, it, it's like how we choose to feed our kids or how we choose to discipline our kids. There are some things that are extreme and, and should never happen. Child abuse is way too far and an extreme for discipline, right? But I think that at the same time that there are lots of different ways that you can discipline children effectively or safely and that there are ways that you can feed a child effectively and safely. The same way, there are ways that you can share about your child on social media in a way that makes sense for your family and still protects their ki- your kids. And so while I entered my research looking for a legal solution to sharing, what I really found was that a public health model of educating parents was the best way to really um, to make a difference in this in this realm. I think that parents are good have good intentions and they are well-meaning. And so if we can instead of telling parents you can't share or you can only share this little bit, if instead we can educate parents about how kids feel about online sharing, if we can educate parents on how the images could be used inappropriately, um, I think that if we continue that trend, that we can help parents shift their own behavior and act in a way that uh, both uh, allows them to share what brings them so much joy, but also protects their child's right to have control of their digital footprint and enter adulthood safely um, one day. Professor Stacey Steinberg, thank you for raising a very important issue with us. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, great to have you with us on the line. Of course, this isn't just about trying to avoid your child sue you, as we saw in the case of an Austrian woman in 2016. It, it's also about having that relationship of mutual respect uh, from a, an early age. I, I'm also conscious, though, of the fact that you know, if I asked my three-year-old daughter, she might give a different answer to my seven-year-old son versus my teenage kids. you know, and, and that, for everyone, is something that develops over time as well. Um, but I believe, perhaps naively, that all of us have somewhere inside us this instinct that tells us this is appropriate or inappropriate. Perhaps we need to hone that as well. Um, thank you for your company today. We'll be back tomorrow, 7.05. We've got Inside Career with Yerika Park coming up next after your latest news headlines. <laughs>